is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into yet another week of fun and excitement here on Free Talk Live. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As always, a whole bunch of stuff to cover tonight, but your calls are primary if you make them. Otherwise, we'll bring up what we want to. In fact, uh, why don't we start in the email tonight, Mark? Always a plethora of it to choose from. Uh, Pick one. You've got a handful of them that I found pretty interesting. Well, I like the one that's entitled, Ian is Wrong. (laughs) Alrighty. Okay. So uh it's been known to happen. Yep, it has happened. Um uh, this is from Paul. Okay. So my love of talk radio has finally paid off. I remember a while ago on Loveline, which by the way, I think is a great show myself. It's yeah, on, I haven't heard it for a long time though. It's I, not I on locally. Adam Carolla is no longer on that program. That's correct. So I don't know if it's as good now as it as it ever was. I really do like Adam Carolla. I think he's a he's a great talent and uh Dr. Drew is obviously, you know, a, a, you know, he's a storehouse of information. Mm-hmm. So between them they made a really great show. I know that they had um a black comedian, I can't remember his name, but uh he was you know, he had taken over from Adam, and I, I hope that it uh, is as good, but I haven't heard it in quite some time. But I do like the show. Okay. Dr. Drew was talking about a study where he was, uh, he was part of once. In the study, homosexual men and heterosexual men were hooked up to a functional MRI and were shown pictures of gay erotica. The study show, uh, found that when shown these pictures, homosexual men showed a threat response. Homosexual men? Homosexual and heterosexual. Actually, you'll find out later it's both. Okay. Um, no matter what. The threat out- response meaning fight or flight? Kind of, yeah. Situation. Okay. Yeah. No matter what the outward response, the brains always showed up the same. So essentially, straight men all react with a threat. It, it's, it's kind of a strange paragraph there, and I, I can't describe it. But anyway, he goes on with a little bit of uh, um, transcript here from uh, CNN, where the uh, Dr. Pinsky, I guess, discussed it. They have you look at uh, neural pictures, this is Pinsky, and uh, arousing pictures, different kinds of arousing pictures, and it's actually the sexual responses that are picked up by women to be the most arousing to women. Interesting that men still react to them most prominently. And the one th- um, the thing, other than seeing my brain light up with these powerful, um, powerful drives in response to some of the material, the other thing was that, re- um, that was really interesting is that they show you explicit gay erotica, too. Men in provocative poses. I sort of went through it, and I didn't think anything of it, and I consider myself, I just sort of have a, a neutral reaction to the gay erotica. And yet, my scan, when I looked at my scan, it showed a bilateral threat response, which is really... And how could you see that in the brain, uh, Pinsky said? Well, it's a thalamic response, a typical response that the uh, researchers were noting in regard to most men when they looked at this material. It was interesting... Heterosexual men who uh, looked at the material seem to have some say, and that he's not, um, and he's not broken it at all down yet uh, to look at it. Maybe do homosexual men have a similar kind of response? And th- that is <clears throat> unintelligible. We really don't know what to make of it yet. So anyway, that's the transcript, and um, as you can imagine, TV doesn't, you know, uh, translate yeah, I'm a little radio confused. Apparently, what, what is it saying? Basically, both heterosexual and homosexual men have a uh, threat response. At, at the very least, heterosexual men have a threat response to homosexual erotica. Okay. Okay. So, um, But uh, homosexual men also have that same threat response? That's what I'm getting out of this, but I'm a little concerned that maybe he just wrote homosexual instead of heterosexual, like he transcribed it wrong. Um, okay. 
but either way, that's that's what he said. He said that in fact um, there is. So a, they want to smash the computer monitor or run out of the room. Basically, is that sort of like what they want to do? Not exactly. Or, uh, fight or flight. The doctor who participated in this, or at least uh, the guy named Pinsky, I don't know for sure if he's doctor, um, participated in this. Said that. He felt he had a neutral response, and I feel like I would, too. I'd prefer not to look at homosexual uh, porn, but it, right. you know, it's not going to freak me out or anything. I'd prefer not to be stuck in a room and, and forced to watch it. But at the same time, even though he felt like he had a neutral response to it, his brain showed a threat response. Okay. So that was his, that's his evidence that, in fact, you're wrong, that I was being threatened. Oh, oh! You're talking about from last week when you were um, uh, you were suggesting that a transvestite might be open to a butt whipping, in your words, mm-hmm. uh, to if he uh, managed to fool you into getting into bed with him, and then you found out that he was a he instead of a she. Right. So you're saying that that's a completely natural reaction, and therefore you should be commended for it. I'm not saying anything. I'm reading the email. So okay. So, all right, that's fine. As I said, Mark, um, it was a barbaric reaction, and it does make sense that it would be scientific. It does make sense that it would be something built in because, well, humans were pretty barbaric in the past. And so you're sort of stuck in the past mentally, and uh, people like me have, you know, moved on and advanced. Is that why everybody like asked me, was, was, asking you. Me, was asking me to grunt? Is that why? That's why I asked you, yeah. Okay. It would have been fun. <clears throat> okay. Good caveman grunt. So he says, on another note, I think that Ian epitomizes what people hate about activists. He's extremely condescending and is completely out of touch oh, with... Oh, I'm what- not as condescending as I used to be <laughs> towards you. I used to get to call you Manwich, and then I could really sort of dehumanize you and have a lot of fun. Now I don't really get to have as much fun with you anymore. He's completely out of touch with reality on matters that are not politics. He has no sense of humor and only laughs to make a point. He makes no effort to even consider a perspective that does not adhere to what he considers to be open-minded. I have no idea what what could be done to get him into the real world, but I do know <laughs> that it... <clears throat> Sounds like this guy's the one with no sense of humor. Yep. I would have to uh, shut off the show out of disgust if it wasn't me at his uh, name-calling and tone. I don't know if it's gotten worse. Fight or flight. Get it under control, buddy. <laughs> I don't know if it's gotten worse over the years or if I'm just getting more and more fed up with it, uh, but it's bad either way. So, boo-hoo. Um, Cry me a river. Yep. Anyway, um, I guess uh, I'm being told here that uh, it's actually Dr. Drew Pinsky, so that's that was Dr. Drew talking on CNN. Oh, I thought Dr. Drew was trashing on me there. No, no. No, okay. No, no, that's uh, that, that's Paul. <laughs> I gotcha. We've both received a couple uh, nasty emails yeah. recently. Well, it, the one thing about the show is it, it's intended to to some extent to be a bit of a, a, a match between the two of us, and it's supposed to be that you pick one guy or the other, and you like that one, and, you know, the other guy's kind of a heel in that particular instance. Um, <laughs> it, but in the process, everybody gets a dose of liberty. Even if, yeah, I guess so. if even if Ian's your favorite um, out there, which there's plenty of people who 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 he is, I, I think that it's probably you know a whopping ten or twelve percent of our listenership the, um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, the prefer, that prefer Ian. Um, however, I believe in what ninety five percent of the the liberty precepts that you do. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, some some number like that. So therefore, if people take my side as a result, they're getting. A 95% dose. That's kind of the idea. Either way, people get to hear the message of liberty, 
And if they think the other guy's a heel, well, that, it's talk radio, you know? Um, one, one guy's got to be the, uh, the champion, one guy's got to be the heel, and I can tell you, I don't like the emails when I, get, when I have to be the heel. It doesn't feel good yeah. to me. It, it, it feels bad. I want everybody to like me. But I also have to take positions on this show, and that's kind of the way it goes. And well, another thing, uh, the show's growing every single week, or you know, I guess month. I don't watch the numbers, so, I mean, that's presumption. No, I mean... Uh, that seems like a safe presumption. We're adding stations all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. At least monthly we add a new station yeah. or have a station upgrade or just something got like a, that. Uh, we just got a new part 15 AM on board. I don't actually. know what that means. We don't usually anna- you know, go through the, the process of announcing them because not very many people could listen if they wanted to, but uh, there are some stations that... Um, there, there's this... In the world of the FCC regulation, there's a little bit of a zone that people can operate in without asking permission. At least without getting the FCC on their trail and shutting down their transmitter. And You're that talking sort of about thing. these uh, 1610 and 1620 AMs, the ones that are, you know, they that that have the little uh, the 10 10 meter is it antenna 10 foot antenna? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I think there's a, there are certain limitations. I don't know what they all are, but I know the the major limitation is um, no more than a hundredth of a, excuse me a tenth of a watt. So a hundred okay. milliwatts is but, the maximum transmitting power. Uh, now but, a, a, a tenth of a watt isn't much. But it really depends on the... T- it's all about the size of your tower, my friend. The antenna and the grounding system and all that. And uh, these hobbyists, essentially, many of them former radio engineers and that sort of thing, will, will go and buy these 100-milliwatt transmitters and literally put on 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week uh, seven radio stations. Some, and- some stations um, have several towers around town all in the same dial position, and they essentially make themselves their own radio st- station without the FCC. That's pretty amazing. Uh, there was a, There is a station, I think, in Sandy Springs, Georgia. They don't carry our show, but they are doing that and uh, I think they put in like $100,000 into uh, transmitters and equipment alone. That's cheap in transmitters, though. As opposed to buying your own FCC license station? You bet it is. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Live streams are included. The broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. I want to invite you to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's happening January 3rd through the 6th. You don't want to miss it because uh, well, it's going to have just the most, uh, the most liberty-loving people you've ever seen all in one place. Um, libertarian luminaries like Ron Paul uh, suggested that he's going to be there. That hasn't been confirmed yet, but he, he's going to be in New Hampshire over that weekend, and he was there last year. So I can't see why he wouldn't be there. It would seem uh, very odd. I'd roll the dice on that one if I were you and get the hotel room ASAP, because as soon as Ron Paul is announced, you can better believe it's going to sell out right quick. Uh, so you might want to consider that he's going to be there. Bob Schultz is definitely going to be there from We the People. Uh, Carla Howell from the Center for Small Government. Uh, people all over the all over the Liberty Map here. Uh, Jim Jim Babka, our friend from DownsizedDC.org. Couple uh, we we got Peter Christ from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Barry Cooper uh, from Never Get Busted also going to be in attendance. Uh, and there's going to be a free shuttle from nearby Manchester International Airport. So that'll help keep costs down for you. And the the price is very very reasonable. Plus, you can get a discount of 10%. If you use the code 2008FTL and get registered at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Again, use the code 2008FTL, all one word, 
to save 10%. And I, as I understand it, they've opened it up to where you can uh, a la carte register for things now. So in, instead of just buying the, the big package and getting everything, you know, if you don't want to go see uh, the politician speak at one of the dinners, for instance, you don't have to purchase that. So you can sort of opt in to whatever interests you at this point. So they've opened that up now. Again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We're going to be there. I've just finished hammering out uh, the technical details with the hotel staff. Sounds like we're going to have everything we need to get all hooked up and connected and do our show live. And uh, we're talking with Gardner Goldsmith about having him do his show live from our equipment as well. So should be a, a good time for everybody. Yep. All right. I, I really had enjoyed it when I was there before. Sure enough. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, continuing with the emails, Mark. You had another one. This one more of a, a personal issue, as I understand it. Yeah. Um, th- this one's uh, from a gentleman, and I'm going to just not name him because he prefers to be anonymous. Okay. A Mr. Truly, Concerned. Yes. I truly need your advice on something that has been bothering me for a long time. Maybe reading it on your show and talking about it, and maybe you can get some callers that might help. I would uh, incredibly appreciate it, and here's the real letter. Dear Free Talk Live, I have been a listener for years now, and you both know me pretty well. I've called in many times and familiar to the show. That said, I'm hiding my identity so that I may be able to discuss a problem with the show um, and get responses from you guys as well as any listeners that it's might not a problem with the show. No, it's discussing a, it's his a problem, problem with, with us. the show. Right. <laughs> might want to discuss on the issue. Though my problem is in no way a threat to my physical health, it is something that has been incredibly difficult to live with. It has impacted my relationship with almost everyone in my life and has greatly lowered my happiness over the um, last months. It has even driven me to contemplate in drastic moments suicide. Should I warn all um, personal emailers that I have no touch with reality? I think you should. Okay. I think that that should be our intro. (laughs) Go on. Warning, this show host has no touch with reality. All right. The, The problem I'm speaking of is my libido. Yes, at first mention, it might be something the average individual would laugh at. But for me, it's been incredibly difficult to live with. I'm currently in a relationship. To protect my identity, let's say I've been with the same girl for more than two years and less than six. I have a very loving relationship with my significant other, and I find life to be almost unbearable without her. We are very close and share a very happy life together. Sounds like everyone would want that. Our sexual life is also very good and quite understanding. Although, um, I'm not sure what understanding sex life is, but I guess it's... uh, Did he give his age? Uh, he uh, Yes, somewhere in here he says he's in his early 20s. Okay, go ahead. Though all is um, good with my relationship, I have feelings that I have been unable to reveal to my significant other for soon um, obvious reasons that has greatly impacted my overall happiness. This is my inner turmoil. I constantly have desires to have sexual relations with other women. What I would think um, would think is a way um, is way beyond normal. Coworkers, strangers, and friends. It is terrible. I am now uh, Hmm. in my early 20s, and many would think that this is a reason for my hyper libido, but I believe it's beyond normal for my age as well. Now, hold on. Before you go on, Um, your libido, Mark, as you've gotten older, you are in your mid-30s now, can you say that it's uh, any significantly different than it was at 18, 19, that sort of thing? Not really. Okay. Hasn't gotten any bigger or lesser or anything like that? No. Okay. The sexual feelings are so strong that it is uh, very difficult for me to keep them back f- uh, for those individuals, and I oftentimes comment on other women's looks. Hmm. I will often tell them, um, tell a coworker how pretty they are, or a here's uh, this sentence I don't quite get, or a strange that they are quite attractive. A strange woman. Oh, okay. and she's walking down the street. I do not give these uh, 
comments randomly, of course, but they are comments that are uh, not usually part of normal conversation, which just sounds random to me. I presume he's not doing it when his wife or his girlfriend is around, rather. I would think. And the feelings are not purely sexual, either. I grow attached to certain girls. I hang around often enough to the point where I, I not only have sexual feelings, but emotional attraction, too. Mm. Now, when um, Now, when saying this... It may seem that I do not have true feelings, or whatever the hell that means, for my girlfriend. This is not true. Okay. My girlfriend takes priority over most uh, most everything in my life, and she, if she had no food, then I'd gladly give it to her, even if that means I do not eat. If she needs shelter, I would break my back to provide it, and her attitude towards me is the same. So I, there's no doubt that he is dedicated to this, to this young right. lady. He says, my love for my girlfriend is immense, and that is um, the hard part about this. If it wasn't the hard part, then... He'd, I, I'm sure he would just break up with her and have a string of uh, you know monogamous relationships like so many young people do, right? Okay. My point is, how can I live constantly attracted, sexually and emotionally, to different people and at the same time try to have a stable relationship? I consider myself a natural polygamist. That is, I am polygamist in thought but cannot, or better um, said, have decided not to have multiple relationships. Got what it. advice, if any, do you guys have for a guy in my position? Well, I mean, he's managed to stay with this lady for two to six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not he's not being specific, but he's managed to be with her for a handful of years without uh, straying. I mean, at least presuming. I presume if he had strayed, he would have said so here. You know, the way he makes it sound is that he's seriously tempted, he is interested, but hasn't actually acted on, on his desires I yet. think that likely, if given the opportunity, if the right situation um, popped up, that he would act on it, even if, um, you know, he, he may not want to get caught. He may want to keep it to the side or whatever, but he would likely act on it. That, uh, you know, that he wouldn't be able to control himself? Is that what you're suggesting? He would choose not to control himself. So his question is, how does he handle this? Yeah. It sounds like he has been handling it. I don't know what he's been doing to uh, to keep it under control, uh, but I think you're right, Mark, that if there were a lady that were overtly interested in him in that way, that may push him to uh, a dangerous brink. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, that's a tough one for me because I just don't have that uh, level of libido, and and I know that you have in the past. If not, you still do. I I do. Um, I I have I've had this exact same problem. Um, I obviously I'm in my mid 30s, not my early 20s. But other than that, it sounds just like... But you're like also me. now in a relationship. You're married, mm-hmm. and uh, you've been together with Laura for how, how long? Three years-ish. Three, so about the same Maybe sort four. of... Same similar kind of situation. We'll come back and you can give your thoughts on this. Okay. 800-259-9231. And I'm sure this is a problem that afflicts other men, maybe other women as well. Um, if you are in a similar situation, if you're frustrated, you don't know what to do, or if you absolutely know how to handle this and you want to give our uh, our listener, our anonymous listener, some suggestions, dial on in. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those, including the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. The updates list is available to you at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. 
Today's businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who have failed to pay their bills. You may believe that this debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people do not pay their bills, all consumers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So, if you have or know any business that requires assistance in the area of collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-obligation, no-cost proposal. SACL CAI. We reposition companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. See their banner at freetalklive.com. So we're in the middle of a uh, little personal problem with uh, one of our listeners. Uh, He's a male in his early 20s. He has been with his current girlfriend for a handful of years, and he's concerned because he has a a very high libido, a very high sex drive. He's interested constantly in having sexual relations with other women, Mm -hmm. even though he uh, has professed in his email to us, has professed his dedication to his current lady. Uh, he spends a lot of time with her. He loves to be with her, you know, so on and so forth. Sounded like uh, an ideal relationship. Sounded like something you wouldn't want to lose. Right. And so he's obviously frustrated. He, uh, you know, sexually wants one thing, but mentally he knows that's something that he really can't do. I mm-hmm. mean, this isn't a, it's not an open relationship. It's not something where, uh, you know, this young lady sounds like she would be too interested in having him going and, and sleeping around and, you know, following his urges in that way. Um, so he's torn. You know, what is what is what is a young twenty year horny twenty year old to do? Um, apparently, is is the question. And Mark, as uh, someone who's been in a similar, or someone who is, I guess, in a similar situation, um, how do you handle it? Well, um, just to give a little history so that people understand that I really do understand where this guy's coming from. You know, I had a series of monogamous monogamous relationships. I, you know, I don't think. They're, they're, the, the majority of girlfriends I, I cheated on. And, you know, I'm sorry I did it. I, I didn't want to be that guy. But, you know, if, if the opportunity presented itself, I would always take it. The, I broke up with my wife. Uh, we were going through a divorce, and it was essentially this same problem. I wanted to be able to have sex with other women, and uh, she couldn't see her way to uh, allow that to happen, as, as uh, most women wouldn't be able to. And... So um, I was going through the divorce, and you know the relationship was so good and so valuable to me that I decided I wanted to stay in it. It wasn't for you know the ability, not ability to consummate, you know, to go on and have sex with other women. It wasn't about that ability. Um, what it was was you know Laura's just such a great person that I didn't want her to go away. Okay. So um, part of her staying was that I would go to a psychologist and get some psychoanalysis on this. I never talked really? to you. I yeah, never I was going to say, this is news to me. ever talked to you about this because I, I find it embarrassing. Um, you know, and I certainly don't want to go through your bevy of questions, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, apparently and now I'm going to have to. So <laughs> um, how, how, many, uh, how many visits? I, I, it was close to six months. Okay. Like um, once a week or once a month or it, it, at one point it was twice a week and uh, it, it whittled down you know it, it ramped up and whittled down and then there were times when I you know call and cancel because I was had to miss so it. you had told Laura what the issue was you had uh, right. well, she it, suggested you go to the psychologist it wasn't right? a suggestion it was an ultimatum oh I see <laughs> <laughs> like that was the deal she stays if I go to, to a psychologist to see if we can work this got out. it and I don't I I don't I don't brook much. Uh, you know, tolerance for psychologists. To me, you can either handle your problems or you can't. What do you need a psychologist for? Um, I didn't see how talking to this guy about, uh, you know, my, my past or my problems or whatever was going to change anything. I knew what my past was. I knew what my problems were. Why can't I handle it? Okay. 
Um, and I figured I was handling it. I just wasn't very happy, you know. I, right, I would frustrated. Do, I would do exactly what, uh, you know, the anonymous guy here that wrote this would do. I would create relationships and work in, in the work environment with um, women that would be, you know, it, it, they would it would get me emotionally close to these women, you know, and, and sometimes that turned out to be a sexual situation. Sometimes it didn't. The... Um, you know, and, and that's going to be a real problem with having a wife, right? And it's also going to be a real problem with essentially working by myself. Um, you know, now I wouldn't have that interplay of reactions, so that would, you know, that would cause me to go seeking that elsewhere. Real problems. So I went to see the psychologist for six months, and I swear to God, my problem is not as, um, it, it, it's not as pronounced as it was over, you know, about a year ago. Why? I don't changed. I have I have no explanation. I told him he says that that um that he told the psychologist. I told him that you know why did this work? And he's like, there's no explanation for why it works. But your uh, reaction is a very common one that people you know you know they just suddenly poof. It it it, it, it in my case it alleviated. It didn't go away. Right. You're I still, still still interested. Still attracted. But I do, I you know I I see wh- that my relationship is my relationship and it's important to me and I need to protect it. I right. wouldn't go outside of my marriage now. Whereas a year ago, I would have if given the opportunity. I would Got it. From his point of view, and I don't like saying things like this. From his point of view. Who's he? Uh, the psychologist? The psychologist. Um, I didn't have a choice. Um, actually, the psychologist's name here in uh, Keene is Swinburne. But, um, oh, you've been going here? I went here. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I haven't gone recently. I don't need to now. Right, right. Um, and, you know, it's it's not cheap to go. No. Maybe, uh, What's it, like 200 bucks an hour or something? In, 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 um, it depends on where you are. I see. Professional hours have a tendency to be pretty similar among lawyers and doctors and all that other stuff um, in in the same place. But uh, I managed – I was paying cash, so I'm, I I dickered with him, and the first session mm-hmm. was probably 15 minutes of dickering. Right. And, um, but the the fact is, it, it worked, and um, you know, it was. I probably put maybe three thousand dollars into it, but you know, um, I probably would have spent that in a divorce and uh, yeah, right, <laughs> and uh, dividing things up. And to me, it's worth it. It was money well spent. I I'm very ha- I've never been happier. I have never been happier in my entire life than I am right now. And. I I've got to say that I'm a convert to uh, psychotherapy. I, I wow. think that it's I think that it worked, and I think that it was uh, very good for me. And I would recommend it to him if he has uh, insurance for it or can come up with the money for you it. You have insurance for that? Yeah. People what do you do. buy? Crazy insurance? Um, <laughs> there's uh, medical insurance offered by employers generally that has some kind of provision. I see. There's, there's likely to be a copay or something like that, but. It, Interesting. The, the right the right psych, psychologist can uh, help you out with this, and I would recommend that. And so now I've borne my soul on something that I'd prefer not even talked about. Well, you know, I think that's interesting because uh, I hope this gentleman uh, takes that to heart and uh, gives that some serious consideration. Because because if he's feeling like you were, and that is that uh, he would not be able if, that he would break down and do something he would regret if he were given the the right opportunity, then uh, then it might be worth that investment. You know. If he feels like he's not as uh, out of control as maybe you are or were rather, then maybe he could wing it and see what happens. But uh, you're you really are. Uh, that's a that's a pretty positive testimonial. It's, I have to say. it's a positive testimonial, and I would not have shared it um, had he not written in and yeah. um, convinced me in his email that uh, he had a real problem. I wouldn't have shared that otherwise. Now how now you obviously talked to Laura about your feelings, your, your wife. You talked to your wife about your feelings, and she insisted that you go and do this. Do you feel like he should? Um, 
talk to his girlfriend and then go seek this out or find the psychologist and start going and then tell her? Or how do you think he should handle it? Um, well, I think that he could – there's no – with Laura and I, it came to a head, right? Like I was divorcing my wife and um, it was a very real issue. So I, with him, he, he's not at that point. So right. I wouldn't say, you know, bare his soul to her as to what really the problem is. I would say that, you know, start going to the psychologist and then tell her, you know, I just uh, – I'm having some issues uh, as far as being in the relationship. I'm, I'm attracted to other, other women. That has to be tough. That it, conversation, it, I can't even imagine how difficult that could be, especially if she, you know, kind of shuts down a little and doesn't really want to listen or, or gets it into her head that because he's telling her this means that he has already cheated, that sort of thing. I would make um, – I, she could very likely say that. I would say that um, – I wouldn't say that I am emotionally attracted to other women. I would say that – because really it's about, all about the physical in this. I mean, you know, you're just using yeah. your emotions to get closer. Um, that you're physically attracted to other women and you want to be able to have a long-term relationship with her. So you're willing to invest this kind of money for her. And I think that'd be good because then it shows that you are serious. You already are investing that money. More on the way, 800-259-9231. If you've got comments on this or whatever you want, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. If you like the show, then go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com. We have got all kinds of great merchandise, high-quality products for you to put on your body and, uh, and a few other places. We've got uh, T-shirts, Free Talk Live shirts, Free Talk Live hats, and a variety of different styles, including the uh, very winter-appropriate Free Talk Live beanie cap, as it has been called there. I guess there are a few names for it. Uh, but uh, I like that a lot, man. That helps keep me warm up here in New Hampshire. They're nice. As well as the uh, Free Talk Live hoodies. Uh, we've also got uh, other things like the lighter bottle opener combo, the DVD classic archive collector sets from way, way back in our uh, local radio days, and more. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? That bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. As we uh, go to the phones and to the fun, let's talk first to Mike in Massachusetts. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Mike in Massachusetts going once. Mike in Massachusetts going twice. We go instead to Kurt in Michigan on the amp line. Hello, Kurt. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Well, I'm, I'm a little bit behind because I'm a podcast listener, and right. uh, I'm, I'm just touching on the story where the 78-year-old abuse, uh, uh, cop abuse victim is being sued by the cop for slander. 78-year-old for, abuse for victim? of character. You don't remember this? Just, I'm sorry, I, I've got some technical police. things going on here. I'm trying to recall things and do things at the same time. What, just recap for me real quick. So, it's the one with the hospital police where the gentleman accidentally ran over the feet, the foot of the, the cop. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. And then the cop was suing the 78-year-old for damaging his name, right? Well, the cop Correct. beat the crap out of him, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've come to the point where I don't think that that, that can actually be a crime only because that cop cannot have ownership of somebody else's thoughts, and therefore cannot have any damages. 
So you're saying that uh, you don't think slander should be a crime, talking trash about somebody in public, uh, you know, def- defaming their reputation should not be a crime. I, I don't think that it should. And I, I happen I to agree with if, you if personally. It, well, if it, if it weren't, then people would be much more wary of what people say rather than thinking, oh, well, they can't say that because it's illegal. You know what I mean? They, they, would, they, would, they would be much more, uh, uh, they, they'd want to test what they're hearing more. I suppose, though I don't know how many people are really aware of slander uh, laws until someone threatens them with a lawsuit. I think everybody's right. aware of it. You think so? But, but, yeah. Okay. But again, how, how can you have ownership in somebody else's idea of you? Yeah, I, again, I, I think that, you know, if someone says something nasty about you, then you just have a right to say something to correct them on that and uh, try to set the record straight. I think that's where it should end. Uh, to, to try to get some sort of financial compensation in that matter, I think, is, is kind of silly. And well, I understand that slander laws don't necessarily apply to people that are in, uh, you know, the public light so much as they do the average person. But uh, nonetheless, I, I, I am with you on this one. Mark, how do you feel about this? Um... Well, <laughs> I got to say, I kind of like the uh, libel slander uh, laws that we currently have. The, the reason being is that uh, if the New York Times, for instance, decides to say something bad, not just bad, but uh, inc- factually incorrect and bad, grossly factually incorrect and bad about me, okay. I don't have the voice. Or, for instance, uh, what was the caller's name? Uh, that would be Kurt. Kurt. If, for instance, I had to say about Kurt, Kurt doesn't have the megaphone that the New York Times has to be able to uh, correct what was said. And uh, so, I mean, you know, it's, different people have a, a different ability to project what they're saying. So I'm against libel. You know, I'm, I'm for the libel and slander laws that we currently have. Maybe we could look at it from a market perspective, as in, you know, what would happen if uh, you know the government wasn't around and we had private arbitrators instead, uh, would there be a you know would there be a demand for this? And there might very well be um, you know there might very very well be people that uh, would suggest that if you say something incorrect about another person, uh, it could damage your reputation if it's found out that that's not true. And I think that might be a little bit more um, of a healthy way to handle things because. If the New York Times prints something nasty about you, Mark, and then you take them to uh, you take them to court and you get damages and they you know they pay you a bunch of money, it doesn't necessarily do anything to really damage the New York Times reputation as far as anything tangible on into the future. They just pay the the fine and then they you know then they move on. Right. I would I would agree with you, but what you're essentially talking about is market based courts, um, you know, arbitrators rather than the courts we currently have, and that would still require somebody having done something wrong or quote unquote illegal for them to be taken to one of these arbitrators. And with the with a market based arbitration system, you would have courts that try harder to come up with justice so they would have different ways of coming up with justice currently our court system doesn't have to try very hard because whatever the judge says is in fact what is called justice it's not uh but you know that's just what they say and so they come up with monetary uh, compensation or you know uh, whatever right so if it were in the world of arbitration and the uh, company in this case or individual wanted to protect their reputation as being in in the case of the new york times an honest source for news uh, they would, uh, you'd go to uh, to arbitration and uh, you'd make your case, Mark, and say, no, I was not having sex with that man last night, or you know whatever it was that you need to say to rebut their allegations, 
and then they would, you know, then in order to to avoid a black mark on their reputation rating from that particular arbitrator, uh, arbitrator, they'd have to maybe I don't know print a retraction or uh, possibly you know pay some monetary damages or. I, I, although I think it would probably shy away from monetary damages unless you could really show, I think, that you'd taken some serious monetary damage from mm-hmm. the allegations. Uh, I could see it as a possibility for the marketplace, but I just don't feel like I like the way it works today. Uh, I don't have a lot of familiarity necessarily with, with libel and slander cases, but you know, I, I don't know how slanted they are and if they favor people with money over people without money. But if they do, and, and we've certainly seen that the government court system tends to favor those who have the, the finances uh, in their pocket. Uh, if they do, then that's something that the marketplace could sort of even out. You know, the marketplace uh, would certainly treat people without a lot of money on a much more fair basis than those than those with, because most people don't have a whole bunch of it. And in the marketplace, you want to satisfy um, most consumers. So I'd, I'd be interested to see how that shakes out. But, Kurt, any other thoughts? Well, if you, if you agree that a crime has to be against a person or, you know, your person or your property, then I don't think you have standing in that crime of libel because, you, like I said, you have no ownership rights to somebody else's thoughts, even of you. That's true. You don't have any guaranteed profits, um, so you, you know you can't certainly have, you can't certainly make the case that well I would have made a hundred thousand dollars this year if it hadn't been for that slander the New York Times printed. Uh, you know that yeah, that's certainly an intangible, and it's uh, it, it's a coincidental damage. It's just like it's just like trying to sue the the uh, the airplane the airlines for being late because you missed a meeting that could have gotten you the million dollar contract. You right. can't do that. Well, and the door would swing both ways, too, right? So if somebody uh, was slandering you, you could slander them right back. And I don't know. It's, that's a tough one, man. I see. Um, you know, I've, I've read this book, uh, you know, Defense of un- the Undefensible, and, and I think that there's, you know, th- there's room for your argument, uh, Kurt, but I just, you know, currently with the way things are, the slander, slander and libel laws, I think, are, um, you know, somewhat necessary and they wouldn't be the first place that i'd be going to go look for freedom and uh, i don't know i i feel like you know certainly locking someone in a jail cell for slander or libel is uncalled for they don't uh that's good um but then again you know making them into a poor person because they uh talk some trash i don't know if is is, is necessarily fair either so i would be interested to see what the marketplace would come up with as a uh, as a punishment for that if it would just simply be a black mark to reputation or if it would go further than that interesting uh, that you bring it up Kurt and thank you for the call 800-259-9231 if uh, you want to cam- comment in on this because I-, I was again just thinking about that as we were going through the conversation it's not really something I've really mulled over uh, for too long I find it fascinating though. it's uh, it's an interesting position let's go to Kenneth in South Carolina Kenneth you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark hi Ian hi Mark hey what's on your mind all right, I just want to make a quick comment on the conversation you just had with the last caller. Sure. Um, uh, it's, it's a lot like you mentioned. Um, in the free market, however, it would be a lot easier to prove whether or not you could lose, you had lost money because of slander. Say, for instance, Mark, if the New York Times came out and they printed an article saying that Mark, Mark Edge is a liar and he, uh, everything that he says on the radio is untrue, and therefore, no one should trust him. Um, you could uh, very easily prove uh, if you lost ad sales uh, direct, as direct uh, 
you could, you could prove that she lost acid as a direct result of that article. Yeah, but you'd only be able to really prove that if someone cited the article, right? Like if somebody came back and said, you know, I'm canceling my advertising with you because of this New York Times article. That's true. Let's That's come back true. and explore this more. I know you called for a different reason. We'll hold you over at hour number 2, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. As we launch into hour number two, we go back into the phone calls and uh, back to Kenneth in South Carolina. Now, Kenneth, uh, we had, I guess, interrupted you in, uh, during the discussion of this uh, of uh, the issue of uh, slander. And uh, you were – what were you saying? Go ahead and recap what your, your point was. Um. Back on the uh, slander issue, we were discussing whether or not it would be easy to prove in the free market whether or not you lost money due to factual errors printed uh, about a person in uh, in the media. And you were saying that you could prove that. Well, it would be it, in the in the free market. It would be a lot easier because um, a lot of this legislation now in the current system that we have is just because we have one system and everyone knows that that system is. Uh, is uh, broken, and we have people using it for their own means, whereas in the free market we have made different systems, and all of those systems would be garnered towards finding justice, and so it would be a lot uh, simpler um, the, to for one who had been harmed to prove that they've been harmed, and if they had been harmed, then that would easily, the, the problem would be easily solved. Okay, so uh, so you think that in the in the marketplace, do you think that there would be financial penalties for uh, for slander, or do you think it would just be like a black mark on a reputation rating? Um, it would it would uh, once again depend on whether or not you could prove that you had uh, had financial loss. Um, if one can't, if you can't prove that you had financial loss, then uh, the courts in the free market system just simply would throw out the case and uh, it, to avoid wasting time and money. Perhaps one, uh, perhaps the way uh, the the, the uh, cases might shake out would be uh, some of the cases might shake out. And again, uh, just for our listeners tuning in, we're talking about you know the idea of slander. What would it be like without the government courts if we had uh, marketplace courts? Maybe uh, what the punishment could be would be that uh, you know if the the court found or the arbitrator found in the favor of the uh, the person who was accusing the the other company of slandering them. Maybe they could uh, they could say, well, you know, here's what you can do to make good, and if you don't do that, then you will get this, um, you know, this big black mark on your reputation rating. Whereas if you do make good, then your reputation rating will stay intact, and no one will ever have to know about this as far as your reputation rating is concerned. So to give them sort of a choice, you know, do they want to take the big hit, or do they just want to make good and uh, and then make it go away? That might be a possibility too. Indeed, indeed. So, any other th- uh, what other thoughts do you have for us tonight? Originally, I was calling in to comment on the uh, emailer uh, uh, about his libido, his issues that he was having with that. Yes, to recall, and, uh, we had a, t- a guy in his early 20s is in a happy relationship with a young lady, but he is pretty torn because he's constantly uh, desiring uh, the sex with other women. Your thoughts? 
my thought, my my initial reaction was initially to tell him exactly what Mark said, and that was to try and see a therapist because that could be a result of some underlying uh, physical or uh, psychological issues that no uh, untrained person would actually be able to uh, resolve. For instance, oftentimes people who are who have suffered some sort of uh, trauma emotionally uh, seek to fill that gap with uh, physical and other emotional relationships. So it mm-hmm. could be a matter of no matter how happy he, he is with his uh, monogamous relationships, he still seeks other emotional relationships to, to fill that uh, gap that he has. Interesting. Yeah. And only uh, psychotherapy uh, would be able to sort of hammer those issues out. Um, yeah, so a trained uh, trained professional would know uh, whether or not it was that sort of thing or whether it was uh, just a matter of uh, him not uh, a simple thing, such as him uh, thinking that he is happy and then just denying it hmm. and uh, just just being uh, a guy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Part his makeup. Very good, Kenneth. Any other thoughts? No, that's all. Thanks Love for the call, too. dude. Appreciate the input. Let's go to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Dropped. Jeremy's gone. All right, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI. He, what? He's there now? <laughs> Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. They, they didn't beat me in. So I can tell when I'm fixing to come on because there'll be a beat. And sometimes they don't beep it quick enough. Well, here you are. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was uh, wanting to bring up, uh, y'all were talking about uh, the shopping holidays the other night, and... Uh, Mark was talking about if you don't shop at Walmart, you're depriving somebody of a goat or a this or a that. And my opinion is the factory shouldn't have went over there to begin with. And, yes, uh, we absolutely should have sweatshops in America. Absolutely. No, no. Uh, will you let me finish? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, but what I, what I wanted to finish saying was, um, I mean, so we send our factories over there to not be regulated like we have regulations over here to deliver us poison products like they are now. You know what I mean? And, and well, so now, hold on a second, Jeremy. Th- th- I would agree that, t- to some extent, regulations have attempted to try to you know, p- provide us with good products. But largely, what they do is drive businesses away. I mean, whether, whether we like it or not, we have an international economy. I mean, we buy things from all kinds of different countries, and there's nothing that's ever going to change that. Well, and the unless... fact is, when you're buying those things from those other countries, uh, you need to really put it into perspective, Jeremy. I mean, if you look at the, the news from the last six months with the scare, about the uh, you know the lead and the Mattel products and the lead and the whatever else uh, you know there's only really been a handful of these uh, of these scares and uh, when you look at it from a wide scale you have to understand that at any given moment there's a new ship pulling into a dock somewhere in America pulling into a port offloading pallet after pallet after cargo container after cargo container of products from all manner of different countries and companies that are coming here. They're being packaged, they're being put on retail shelves, and they're being sold and consumed entirely safely. So the fact is the marketplace is uh, the one that is doing the safety regulation, not the government. It's not the U.S. government and their rules and regs that are keeping you, you safe and your kids alive. It's the businesses, the ones that uh, the businesses that are checking things and they're making sure things are safe in order to sell them to you so you'll stay alive and keep coming back and buying their products in the future. Yes, a few uh, things did slip through the cracks, but what's interesting is the reason why, or typically the reason why these uh, products that, be, that are so, so-called dangerous or have levels of dangerous uh, things in them like, like lead, uh, you know, the reason why they slip through the cracks in many cases is because the business will count on the government regulations that are in place 
uh, as to keep them safe. So instead of Mattel having their own regulatory system and their own audits of the of the products that they're purchasing from their suppliers, they have they rested on their laurels and they said, oh well, you know, the Chinese government they've got a system in place there to keep things safe, so we're just going to trust that. And uh, not worry about these things. So really, it's more of the uh, you know the government regulation that provides this false sense of security to companies that I think is problematic, and that's where a lot of these issues are coming from. I can appreciate where his heart is at and everything. And uh, I mean, whether you shop at a box store or not, if you go out and buy an Xbox for mom and pop, you're still going to help that person out overseas. I mean, just because I mean you don't buy it at a box store. No matter what you buy, almost, like, I love my Xbox 360 and my stereo and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not going to deprive them of anything just because you don't shop at a box store. I mean, no matter where you buy that stuff, you're going to be helping the person that's on the bottom of the line over there. That Sure. Sure. I think Mark was talking about just buying foreign, not necessarily buying from the big stores. Yeah, we were talking about foreign at the time, but buying um, foreign products. Jeremy, what's your problem? I've I've never... uh, I mean, how can you live without foreign products anymore, the way they got the system set up? And like I say, I appreciate where his heart's coming at, but, you know, I boycott Walmart for a lot of reasons. But that's What are those one. reasons? Just well, one of them is for some of the things that they uh, support uh, financially and this and that in this country. I'd rather not go into all of that right now. Okay. But. All right. Fair enough. Well, you have to go into it with us uh, some other time because I, I find Walmart to be a fascinating topic. Uh, I, you know, I don't own any shares in Walmart or anything like that, but I do shop there, and uh, I'm generally pretty pleased with uh, my shopping experiences. I, it's not like service oriented, but I know where to go to find the things I need to get. Throw them in the shopping cart, go and check out, and I get them at a, a better price than I really probably would anywhere else. Um, and that helps keep, you know, as somebody that doesn't have a lot of money to throw around, that helps keep more money in my pocket, raising my standard of living. In fact, I, I do have to say that I love their new slogan. Um, and I don't have it in front of you me. Have a, uh, you love their slogan? Okay. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good new slogan. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Well, what is it? It's like, buy, save money. Yeah, save money, live better. That's what it is. And it really is, it's the epitome of what Walmart does. You know, they help people save money so they can have more money in their pocket and their bank account in order to live more comfortably. Give, uh, it, give it to their church, uh, yeah. you know, provide more things for the kids, give whatever it, to, it is Give they it to do. the poor, give it to, uh, and, and spend more money at mom and pop stores. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Wiki is there with over 1,450 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. wiki.freetalklive.com. American Consumer News is an online magazine which will provide you with a steady stream of money-saving tips to help you get closer to financial freedom. The magazine discusses such topics as investing, real estate, frugality, debt reduction, and much, much more. That's AmericanConsumerNews.com. 800-259-9231. You know, before we go on here with the phone calls, I want to make it clear, because uh, I, I was uh, lauding Walmart a few moments ago, and I just want to make it clear that, you know, again, I don't hold stock in that company. I think they have some faults. I really do. Um, I think that, uh, so I want to make sure I can critique them as well as praise them. Uh, they, I don't like their censorship policies. They, you know, they censor their music at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also certain types of magazines. And mo- movies, too. 
No, I don't believe they do that. I thought they had special movies that they sold um, that didn't have no. that weren't R or something like that. Okay. I do not believe that to be the case. Okay. Which is kind of an interesting thing about Walmart is they censor their music, but not the movies. Hmm. Well, anyway, um, so there's that, and then there's the uh, they're pretty they're pretty selective when it comes to their magazine selections and mm-hmm. their books, and there's certain things they you know they just won't sell because you know they're afraid to offend the families and that sort of thing, uh, or whatever you know whatever their rationale is there. Maybe it's some sort of religious thing. Uh, but I don't really care for that. I don't care for the censorship factor when it comes to Walmart. Um, but and obviously the service there is not so great. You know, as far as if you need some expertise, you're just not going to find it. Right. You need to go um, someplace else. The customer service, on the other hand, is pretty darn good. Their return policy is is pretty decent. Uh, you know, and the the prices generally are good. But don't be fooled. You know, just because Walmart says they have low prices doesn't mean everything's a low price. It means that some things are. Well, they're all low. It's you know, some are. You can find lower prices elsewhere. That's that's true. So don't be suckered. You know, don't be uh, suckered into being a bad consumer. You still need to do your due diligence. Uh, but generally, you know, Walmart should be praised for some of the things that they've done that have revolutionized. I mean, Walmart's sort of like the, you know, the Rush Limbaugh of talk radio for. Uh, for the retail world, they've really done some amazing things uh, for the industry. I think, and you know, the number one thing I think that they really should that should be pointed out that I don't think many people are aware of when it comes to Walmart is sort of the behind the scenes way they do business with their vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they do essentially is they push their vendors to lower their costs as much as possible, so the, that Walmart can have those uh, lowered costs passed on to them, so that Walmart can pass those lowered costs on to the consumer. And so, t- to give you an example, what they will do is, you know, every year, or I'm not sure if it's every year or two years or what the period is, but every certain period they go to their vendors and they say, okay, we need, uh, you know, we need you to knock a few cents off of this product. And the vendor will say, "Well, I can't do we it. Can't, yeah, we They'll can't squeal. do that. Uh, you know, we got to make profits here. We got to uh, get our bills paid. That's just not possible." And then Walmart will say, "Well, if you don't knock a few cents off of this product, we're going to go with your competitor, and we'll put your competitor on the same shelf that you're on now, and you'll have the you know the reduced shelf space, or we'll just take you out of the store entirely." Well. And, but they also help. And the, in order to help them, uh, they actually send their team of business experts, or whatever they're called, you know, Walmart's uh, efficiency team, uh, they send them to the company. So if it's, a, you know, Lee, the jeans manufacturer, uh, they will go in, this Walmart team will go in, and they'll audit the manufacturer. And they'll point out flaws in their manufacturing process. They'll point out things that they could improve to make better. They could po- they'll point out things to improve efficiency and thereby reduce the costs by however many cents it will be. And then Walmart gets their price reduction, and that's how they can really – they literally claim to continue to have falling prices. Well, it's because they're pushing hard behind the scenes, their vendors, to continue to reduce their prices, which is an amazing force in the marketplace. It really is. Right. I, who was doing that before? I can't – who was – nobody. Not in that same way, at least. Right. So that's one thing. The market does that, but they um, – but Walmart's facilitating the – Right. They're the overtly doing it in order to, uh, again, keep uh, passing on the savings. And that's something they should be applauded for. So are they the perfect company? No. Are they inefficient in some of their own ways? I'm sure they are. Um, but the fact is most people that are shopping there are obviously satisfied because they keep coming back. That That damn parking lot is full every time I go. So you can't argue with success, right? Maybe you want to trash on Walmart or praise them or whatever you want. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. We go to the phones to George in D.C. TSA George, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. G'day, mate. G'day, sir. Back from Australia, I see. Yep. uh, I just finally got back. 
Hey, Jack, I got to tell you one thing. You think gas prices are high as hell here, man? It's nothing. It's like $5.30 a gallon over there. Really? Yeah. I you sure it's not $5.30 a liter? No, no, no. It's like a buck forty one a liter. Okay. <laughs> you know, right around there, give or take. Got but it. I, I, think I, know why, I think I know why that is. It's because each liter is like a smaller unit, you know, and which then it's like the tax... The tax is probably about the same, but the, since it's a smaller unit, if you st- uh, well measurement, you still get, uh, end up paying more money to the government, and that's why. Right I there. don't know. I, I I think their taxes just might be higher there. I think that might be what it is. And who knows that's what the regulatory atmosphere is like? They might be you know regulating the uh, the the oil companies to death, and so they have to pass on the cost of that regulation as well. So well, it's sort of a hidden tax. That, that too, and um, it's like can of Coke, two dollars. Uh, wow. Yeah. It, you know what? And That's you know U.S. What? dollars. You're talking U.S. dollars. Um, two Australian dollars, but um, and it, but with the exchange rate, it's pretty much two U.S. dollars, like a dollar ninety maybe. So it's all almost American. one for one exchange rate then. It's close. Okay. Yeah, tell me about it. It's because they all got a living wage there, and that's why. <laughs> so, uh, so what is uh, what are some other observations you have from your trip? Oh, get this. Um, not only remember when I told you that they took away my rubber snake when the last time I called. Yeah, on the airplane or the um, <laughs> the security people. Yeah, well, when I got back and I um, packed my stuff, I I, I realized I, I left a pocket knife in my uh, suitcase. So I find it kind of funny that you know they found my rubber snake, but they could not find my pocket knife. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. You that pocket knife made it to and from Australia, and neither the TSA nor customs nor the Australian no, no, I, security. I, 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 I got I got that pocket knife in Australia. Oh okay okay. So customs yeah. didn't catch it though, right? No. Customs didn't catch it right there. Australian airport security didn't catch it. Korean airport security didn't catch it, and they get, they made me a selectee. They took me at the gate, wow. and, they, and they didn't catch it. Now, is this and, was this pocket knife in your carry on or just in your suitcase? Carry on. It was in your carry on. <laughs> God, yeah. this is nonsense. Yeah, and then, and then LAX they didn't catch it, but listen, well, I can't be too hard on LAX customs because I was wearing my little uh, homeland security badge because I didn't want to go through additional thing there, so right. I'll, I'll, I'll cut them some slack. But their TSA didn't catch it when I um, went to them to go to um, go fly home. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so what else did you have to share, George? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw yesterday um, on the on the front page of the Outlook section of the Washington Post um, a big um, full, full article here on um, Ron Paul, very um, positive, and was the. Uh, Headline says libertarian, like a dictionary. Thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I did read that. That's pretty good. I actually have it here, and maybe we'll get to it tonight uh, if we get a chance. George, thanks for the call. Good to have you back. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The Sakel CAI toll free line. And speaking of Ron Paul, uh, he is going to be in the debate this week. You know, the YouTube debate. Sounds interesting. Now, anybody that knows anything about Ron Paul knows he is the number one most viewed presidential candidate on YouTube. So this could be a major turning point. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, including the archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show... Never fear. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience for free at freetalklive.com. Sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th, and all of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to libertydollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. That's libertydollar.org. 1-800-259-9231. We go back to the phones and to the fun. Uh, let's talk to Sam in Texas on the amp line. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. Good evening, gentlemen. What's on your mind tonight? I got a jury summons in the mail, oh, and boy. I'm weighing my options here, and I'd like uh, your input and to see if you and Mark maybe differ on this, on okay. what I can do. All right. What are you considering? So, number one, I could just throw it away because it's just a threatening letter from some strangers that I don't know and don't have any agreement with. Right. I mean, in case no one's ever gotten a jury summons uh, before, it is a threat. Uh, they are essentially saying that, you know, if you don't respond, uh, that they could charge you with a crime. And, uh, of course, it's not a real crime because a crime has to involve actually harming another person. It's one of those man crimes, those made-up uh, law crimes. And, uh, it, you know, that won't stop them from sending the police to your home and throwing you in a jail cell. True, but I, I think I would have a pretty good defense with uh, what Mark Stevens has done through... Uh, you know, questioning the the law and es- establishing that, you know, would would this have have to happen in the state of Texas? And okay, what is the state and that sort of thing? Okay, now they might be able to. I mean, they, that could be an approach you could take. Uh, mm-hmm. But they might be able to get you and say that, well, you did sign for this driver's license, and therefore that means that you did, uh, you know, commit to agree to uh, going to jury, uh, you know, jury duty if you were called. Yeah, that's true. Now, I could also just write, I'm not a slave, and mail it back in a big black marker. I don't <laughs> know if I want to do that one. That's a bad idea. You think so, Mark? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay, then on the back, there's all these excuses of ways to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, are you a felon? Are you whatever? One of them Felons is, uh, can't serve on juries? Uh, let's see. I, it, I guess not, because this one's got 11 questions, and have you been convicted of a felony, any kind of theft? Huh. Legal accusation or fel- of a felony charge, uh, on and on. But one of them is, uh, I am a United States citizen. And I don't know how I could be a citizen because that implies uh, an obligation to uh, protect on the government's behalf, and they've said they don't have to do that. So, Yeah, you might be able to get out on that one. So you have to be a citizen to be on uh, on the jury. Of course, then uh, if you deny citizenship, maybe they'll just throw you out of the country, too. Who knows what yeah, they'll do? Yeah, that would suck. Who knows what they'll do? I mean, you know, this is like dealing with a uh, a dangerous animal. You you can't really be too sure on on the uh, position they're going to take. And I know that you're a, a Free State Project member, Sam. Correct. Uh, and how far away are you from possibly making the move to New Hampshire? Uh, I'm I'm hoping to move up there, or my plan is to move up there this summer. I've got a house to sell here in Texas and some other things to uh, tie up, and then I can head up that way. Because I have to say that, you know, for our listeners that don't know, the Free State Project is a movement of 20,000 liberty lovers all moving to the same state. And uh, as far as standing up to the government is concerned, it's just better to do it here. I, mean, I would just, agree, yeah. It's just safer. Um, you know, the, the government isn't isn't as out of control in New Hampshire as it is in other places. Uh, and there are just 
plane more activists here, more liberty-loving activists that can come to your aid. You know, so for instance, if you were to, you know, write back, "I'm not a slave," on there and send that back in, or do something else uh, that is atypical as far as responding to the jury summons, mm-hmm. then uh, if the government does get nasty, at least if you're here, you've got some people that you might be able to count on to, uh, you know, to come to your court trial or to uh, to back you up in some way to to write about you in the newspaper and talk about you on you know the radio and that sort of thing. Whereas if you're down in uh, you know down in Texas, you you might just be all alone. Good point. So on the other side of the coin, I'm thinking I could fill it out like a good little subject and send it in and go in kind of incognito and either do one of two things. One is what um, Gardner's done, where you stand up and ask about jury nullification and mm-hmm. educate all of the hundreds of people in the jury room. Right. Or not do that at all and hope I get on the jury and then... Yeah, Odds are good you won't practice. get on the jury, because if you, uh, have you ever been to jury selection before? One time, yeah. Okay, so then you know that they normally give you, I, don't, I mean, it may differ from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. There were, there were 200 people in the room, and they pulled about 10 or 12. Wow. Right, and did they make you fill out a form asking you a series of questions? That's what they've sent me in the mail, so they want to know. They normally do it the day of, though. Did ages. they do that, too? Do they what? Did they do it the day of? They usually have a form the day of, as well. I don't know. This is like a full uh, legal size form with about 20 questions on it. Oh, interesting. Okay, so they so. do things differently there. Um, well, so what are some of the questions they're asking? Uh, they want to know uh, my race, which I'm going to select other because I'm a human being. Um, the date of my birth, is that correct? Is that my driver's license number? Uh, how long have I been employed? What do I do? Who's my employer? How many children? How old my children are? Hmm. That's the most of it, and then the rest are the disqualification questions. Right. So that's what that's what's most interesting to me is the questions about you know uh, you know how do you feel about uh, certain types of crimes? Um, are you you know what uh, organizations are you a member of? Those sorts of questions. And usually, if you answer those in any sort of honest capacity as a liberty loving person, they will ferret you out and reject you from any chance of serving on a jury. So I'd say your odds are very slim of going and at least being honest with them. And, of course, if, if you aren't honest, then you possibly are facing you know, contempt of court charges or whatever right. it is they would throw at you for that. So I think that your safest road, and, and again, this is, this is just what I would do. And I, I, you know, I ran under the radar a little bit uh, when I was down in Florida before I came here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your safest road would be to go in and you know ask that question in front of the group or maybe come in with some uh, some FIJA brochures as well if you go to the fully informed jury association fija.org you can okay. print out a little trifold brochure and you know come in with uh, 60 or 100 of those and start passing them out or something like that that would that would really tick them off. Good idea. And it would be hard to get rid of me like they did the other guy because I'm actually there to serve the jury. jury there, yeah. You were supposed to be there exactly. Um, and then I'll ca- capture the audio and uh Turn it into a YouTube video or something. Sure, sure. That could be fun. And uh, so that way you could help open a few people's eyes while you're down there and while you're spending your, your precious time, um, you know, jumping through their hoops. Uh, you can at least help spread the uh, the message of full, uh, jury nullification, which we should define. Uh, Mark, what's jury nullification? Uh, essentially, it's the jury's power to um, decide that a law is not right or just and, and shouldn't be in effect. Um, it's the the way that we managed to get rid of prohibition in this country was through jury, jury nullification. And obviously, they had to, to reamend the Constitution to get mm-hmm. rid of it. 
But uh, people I think it helped get rid of slavery too, didn't it? Uh, this, this, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, it could all. It could be used in the opposite direction too. But um, essentially, you are saying no. You can vote no if you disagree with the law, right. and they don't ever tell you that. The judges will never give you that instruction. But it's still true. And so, essentially, by informing uh, jurors of their full rights as a juror, you're really doing them a favor. And uh, I, that's the way I would approach things. Sam, any other thoughts? Uh, that's it. I'm going to get those uh, brochures printed up, take those in, and do the audio recording to stand up and ask them if they're going to explain jury nullification to the group. So I have to say that uh, I think that's good. It's a safe way Don't to do things. Don't expect them to even know what it means. Right. It's, yeah. a, it's a safe way to do things, and that, that's why bringing the brochures is, is helpful, too. Um, and I think that's good because we need you to stay safe so you can get here in one piece and not have any you know charges that you have to deal with down there. Because uh, you are a great activist. Uh, you, you've got a, a YouTube channel, um, and I don't know if it's easy to access. Do you know what's the it's easiest? It's not. I, got, I need to come up with a better name than that. You really do. Um, <laughs> what's, the, what's the way people can find, uh, can find your latest video? If they search honesty at the tax office or... Um yeah, that's uh, what did I call watching the watchers is the last one that I did. That basically, what happened was uh, Sam was on the street with a video camera, and a cop had pulled somebody over, and he was just approaching, as as we've done here in New Hampshire a few times, uh, approaching the cop in order to record the situation. And the cop in, it basically called you an idiot, right, and then threatened you. Pretty much. Yeah, it was uh, very interesting. The cop was not not comfortable at all having a video camera on the scene, and it's a pretty short little video, but nonetheless instructional as to how some of these thugs react uh, when they've got a camera in their face. So it's okay for them to have cameras, but not okay for you to have cameras. And, exactly. Uh, you know, the times we've recorded the police down here, we haven't gotten that response, or here in New Hampshire, we haven't gotten that response. So again... They're not as out of control here, and we've got a much better shot at, uh, at achieving liberty and, and having our activism stick here in New Hampshire. So stay under the radar as much as possible, Sam. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Come where the features are free, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up for as little as three bucks a month. It's completely voluntary. You know the website's free, so this is above and beyond all that. This is if you want to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations, spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So get over to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll learn about perks that you get access to as an amplifier, like the amp-only call-in lines. You've heard some people taking advantage of that this hour. Uh, Also, the amp-only chat room and forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. We go back to the phones and to the fun. Chris in Texas. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Uh, Hi, yeah. Um, What's on your mind, Chris? I wanted to talk a little bit more about Walmart. Sure. Um, Yeah, I, I, I hear a lot of praise for Walmart from, uh, you know, people who, you know, believe in capitalism. I believe in capitalism, but, I mean, you have to think about Walmart, okay, um, how all of a sudden in the 80s that this, um, you know, this small, you know, five and dime suddenly burst on the scene and becomes this uh, enormous juggernaut in a matter of what twenty years, twenty five years. Well, that's not a. I mean, that's a long time in the world of business, my friend. And it's they didn't just burst on the scene; they slowly expanded their stores in Arkansas, and you know they expanded out from there. I mean, do you think there's a conspiracy behind Starbucks? Um, behind Starbucks? Well, I mean, I mean, 
stay on the subject of Walmart. I'm just saying that there are lots of businesses out there that have come on the scene in the last 20 years or so. Sure. And I don't think that it's I don't think that it's evil or nefarious. Well, I mean, if if you want to just look at just some you know circumstantial evidence, we'll we'll, um, take for instance um, um, uh, where they're located. Okay, they're located in Arkansas, Mm -hmm. which is a you know sparsely relatively sparsely populated state um uh, it's pretty well known for you know there's not a whole lot of uh, uh middle class or educated populace there i don't know um, i don't know about that i don't know, uh, I don't know if you can I mean, there's middle class everywhere i don't um, know well, I, mean, I mean just i'm just 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 from this perspective of it being um, there are urban know, centers in, in populated state relatively. Well, speaking. I'd like to point out it that is sparse. I don't see what the population has anything to do with anything. It has more population than New Hampshire does, and uh, you know the urban centers there are bigger. Little Rock, for instance, bigger I think than anywhere in New Hampshire. Um, so uh, yeah, I used to live in Little Rock, and it's about it's about half a million people. I mean. It's, it's, Manchester has a million, or excuse me, a hundred thousand. So, uh, I mean, there are uh, WalMarts here and much smaller populated areas. What's the point you were getting at with the population suggestion? Well, um, now, do you think that would be a likely candidate for for a springboard for a for a for a company to all of a sudden um, expand and grow and go global like they did? What are you at suggesting? Walmart, really? Uh, excuse me. I think businesses can be successful anywhere if there's a demand right. for their services. A business so is about a system. It's not about um, you know where it came from. I mean, where did Kresge's start? Where did uh, Woolco start? Where did Kmart right. start? I mean, the, all these places started somewhere. I don't think that it matters which place they started. Um, I mean, if your first store is in New York City or if your um, first store is in um, Nowhereville, USA, it's about the system that you put in place and um, how you treat your customers. Uh, do you think it's um, just coincidental that also Tyson Foods, uh, J.B. Hunt, the largest trucking company in the United States, uh, Tyson Food, one of the biggest uh, food conglomerates in the United States, um, uh, all happens to be just based out of um, Arkansas there? I, I have and, to say, this is a first for Free Talk Live. I have never heard of an Arkansas conspiracy theory before. What exactly are you getting at, sir? What, there what are successful the cons- businesses that come from every state in the entire 50 states of the Union. There are successful businesses in Mexico, too, and Canada. I mean, what is it well, you're getting at? It's well known, the fact that um, the Rockefeller family owns and operates Arkansas. They, Arkansas <laughs> is in their pocket. Ah, okay. That I'm sorry, that wasn't well known to me. That's uh, that was news to me. So you're saying that old Sam Welton, he knew the Rockefellers, and they got together, and uh, they what 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 happened? They did they give him money or something to expand his stores into other areas, or what? What are you well, suggesting? If you want to believe the rags the riches fable, I mean, you're welcome to do it. Fable? I, do you believe I mean, this no is can... America? Do you believe that wow. people can go from rags to riches in America? Um, rags to relative riches, right? But rags to multi Billions so, and uh, like the like the uh, Walt family. How about Bill Gates? Um, Is Bill Gates in with the Rockefellers too? Uh, Bill Gates. That's a completely other story. And if you look at his connections, he he's also. Yes no. um, if you look at his family going back, mm-hmm. um, they're they're establishment old money, sure. But, uh, but Bill look, Gates look is at, old money. Yeah, he set up. He started in his garage. garage. <laughs> he dropped out of right. college. You don't believe that back, rags to riches story, to, do you? Back to Walmart. If if you look at Walmart. Now, what is Walmart? It, basically, the stores are just the front for the distribution chain that they control. The, that's, that's, the stores that's no are a more, front? No, nor less. 
I mean, I'm not not necessarily uh, front would be a bad choice of words, but you understand what I'm saying. Well, yeah, the they distribution have distribution centers, and there are trucks that right. go to them. They get loaded up with stuff, and they take them to the stores. That's how Kmart works, oh. and Sears, and all the other companies. Now, how do you get all those inroads into Red China? Now, Red China is where all, where majority of these goods come from. They're communist controlled and operated. Now, you, you can't deny that, can you? I think that they're becoming less and less a uh, communist uh, country. Uh, and... Yeah, okay. All right, sure. No, it's okay. true, my they, friend. They, they have mobile execution vans. Did you know that? I, there's no doubt that there's some and, nasty and... things that go on in China, but uh, right. Mark's, uh, Mark's statement is correct, sir, and that is that China is becoming more market-oriented than they were in the past. They it's true. are an oppressive, totalitarian corrupt regime. Okay. So is this one. So is American government. I, I, I absolutely agree, but but you, but how does how does a person how does Sam Walton get those heavy connections? You where call, you, you make phone and calls, start? and you talk to people. I think Sam you, was dead yeah, by okay, the time they yeah, were going into Red lot, China. That makes that makes all kinds of sense. Now, why couldn't somebody else let's say uh, um, Walgreens or, or Walgreens owner, is doing or, fine. Target is doing fine. There are all kinds of competitors out there to Walmart that also have connections to China and that are right. ordering products. Yeah, from all, how did Google hold, get into China? They all hold, they all hold, um, um, well, they're all connected to China because everything's manufactured and made and shipped in from China, all the goods. Uh -huh. Now, how, how did we get into that situation? Now, you mentioned that, uh, that Walmart, um, negotiates with, um, um, you know, uh, producers in this country to, to drive down their prices. They negotiate uh, with uh, all of their vendors, wherever they are. Right. They negotiate with their vendors and, 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 and so much so to the point where, the vendors have headquarters based in Bentonville, Arkansas. If you go down around Bentonville, Arkansas, you'll see all the different um, uh, uh, all the different uh, corporate headquarters that that are trying to locate themselves. Now, what can you say about um, how can you compare that to any other uh, company? I mean, that's that's a I very, don't know. Why don't you call those unusual. corporations and ask them why they chose Bentonville? Why don't you ask them that? Maybe it's a lowly, uh, you know, a low regulated area, and it's just a business friendly place. Maybe the government there isn't as, uh, you know, cracky in the head as some of the other governments around the country. That's just speculation on my part. But instead of you sitting there and getting all paranoid, why don't you just pick up the phone and uh, and talk to them? Uh, talk to who? The corporations. You want to know why they're in Bentonville? Call them and ask. No, they're in Benton. I know why they're in Bentonville. I don't have to. Oh, you know everything, of course. Why is that? They're in Bentonville to be to be in close contact um, with Walmart. Uh, what do they need to walk over and have lunch with them? I mean, why why can't you just pick up the phone if you need to be in close contact? What what on earth could you have to be in the same town as the Walmart head office? What what benefit will that provide the the head of a corporation? Uh, well, I mean, if you're if you're you're constantly sending liaison back and forth, um, you know, paying 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 for airfare probably more cost effective to have uh, just an office. I would agree. I, I think that, I think you're right. I think that's a good it's a good thing to uh, if you're doing business with a company to be um, you know then they're your majors uh, the company that you do retail through that it would be advantageous to have a an office or your headquarters there in Bentonville. My question is this: all these other companies that you were saying that were in Bentonville uh -huh. are, are they uh, wrapped up with the Bilderbergers too? <laughs> Oh sure. Why not? I mean, are you denying that Bilderbergers exist? They just no, met, no they one's just denied met, that. Uh, but I want to know from you: are, are they uh, are the Bilderbergers? Um, what are they? Jewish bankers, or are they really lizard people? Oh, okay. Um, do you want to know specific names? No, I want to know if they're lizard people or not. 
Are they? I don't know. I don't believe they're lizard people. I okay. Mean, I was just wondering if they were lizard people. just wanted to see how people. far down the rabbit hole you'd gone, Chris. Liz- lizard people from space. I mean, you know, I've heard well, that Well, I before. mean, uh, uh, as far down the rabbit hole as to recognize world events as they happen and, and, and not to ignore them if they're not in the mainstream press. So, now, so, so all, all of the other companies that are successful, hole, are you suggesting that all companies that are successful, you know, uh, Target, for instance, one of Walmart's competitors, that they're all wrapped in together with the, uh, the world conspiracy? Uh, you want to know the truth about that? Sure. Uh, you are a paranoid you know madman, <laughs> sir. Thank you for the call. Sorry. I have I never just heard. Can't believe that. I mean, we have heard some paranoid crackpot conspiracy theories, and that one I think ranks right up there. I mean, it's not as sexy as the, you know, the the space aliens or the lizard people or you know, blowing up buildings. It's not as sexy in that way, but it's certainly all encompassing and absolutely nutso. I'd have to say that's one of the more, more nutty conspiracy theories we've ever heard. More on the way. You can take control. Hour 3 is coming up, and anything goes. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, I want to come back and talk more about the American dream, success in America, where it happens, and just some of the, you know, addressing some of the paranoid views points of a caller we had last hour, and we'll certainly recap it for those of you just tuning in. But first, we should go to the phones, because Justin is on the line calling from British Columbia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Justin. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, Well, I'm a little behind on the podcast, so I was actually listening to uh, the Thanksgiving episode uh, with Arena Goddard. From the Free uh, State Project, the president of the Free State Project. Yes, that's correct. And that brought up a question, because I recall a couple weeks ago... Julia saying that uh, the Free State Project was a little bureaucratic in fashion of the way they think do things, and she didn't really explain that, and I'm not able to call in on the night she's here. So I was wondering if either of you know what that's all about. It tends to be the way board of direct, boards of directors operate. It doesn't matter if it's the Free State Project or if it's the, uh, you know, I'm on the board of directors for Cheshire TV here in, uh, it's a cable access channel here in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, it's just that... Um, I don't know. That's just the feeling that I get from the way that boards are structured. It's just a little bit more bureaucratic than, say, another form of uh, of organization. Um, you know, they they just are a little slow at getting things done. For instance, uh, the Free State Project has been talking about restructuring their uh, their sign-up pledge for a while. And as you know, the Free State Project is a movement of 20,000 liberty-loving people to move to New Hampshire. They're trying to get as many people to sign up as possible. And it's been sort of on the table and under discussion for oh, at least a year, because I know they were talking about it at the last Liberty Forum. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been in the discussion phase for seemingly a, a long, long time, whereas you would think that if, you know, if this was a good idea, and I think it is a good idea, that they would move faster on it. But the fact is, boards don't move fast. You know, they meet once a month, and they, you know, they nothing gets their, done in between. And no meeting. one's, no one's really uh, the one in charge, the one that has to get things done. So it's sort of right. with responsibility shared, and therefore never really gets delegated. And, and that's just sort of the nature of boards in general. Yeah. But, so I think that was what her comment was. If that makes sense. Oh, okay. 
Because I, I know, what was it, Mark that ended up uh, doing the, a lot of phone calls for the first 1,000, right? I did. Right, and that was an initiative yeah. that, that he took on his own. Well, I, I, I cleared it with the president, but not with the board. You didn't ask for the board's permission. And, okay. you know, it would have taken longer if you had. Yeah, and likely the board. They would have had to debate it and talk about it, and you know. I, just, I don't know. And, you know, as far as those things go, I, I, I don't like dealing with boards. I'd like to say that it's not, it's not a shot. Our comments are not a shot at the individuals on the board. It's just the structure of boards. It, the, you just can't help yeah. it. I was just looking for some clarity there because I, I thought maybe she knew something that I didn't, and she didn't really go into it, so I was wondering about that. There you go. Any other thoughts? All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Justin. 800-259-9231. We talked to Banner in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, I'd like to talk about the Free State Project. Sure. <clears throat> Not the, I mean the uh, Liberty Dollar. No, whatever you want to talk about. Go for it. Well, I was looking on the, on the um, Liberty Dollars website. I was going to send them some money mm-hmm. to fight this uh, lawsuit, but I couldn't find an address or anything. Am I looking at the right place? Um, as I understand it, I am on their email list, and I haven't gotten an update in, in several days. As I understand it, there is no place to send the money to yet. The uh, the IRS, not the IRS, excuse me, the uh, FBI, Secret Service have frozen their bank accounts. So um, right now, at this point... The only thing that I'm aware of as far as helping the Liberty Dollar is concerned is to go to LibertyDollar.org and get signed up for their email updates. Then they will let you know via their email update when the uh, the fund is available, this legal fund that uh, you could contribute to. So as I understand it, that fund is not o- online. It is not available yet. Okay, thank you. And uh, listen, I want to thank you guys. Uh, you're a breath of fresh air with your talk show. Thank you, thank Banner. You. We're glad you're enjoying it, and uh, thank you for the call. 1-800-259-9231 is our SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, for those of you just tuning in, we got uh, new listeners coming in all the time here. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, at the end of the last hour, we had an amazing phone call. Yeah. I am still reeling from it. I'm shocked. I'm stunned. I'm amazed at how far and how deep this conspiracy nonsense has penetrated its followers, its adherents. Um, essentially, the person that called last hour said that, suggested that uh, the only way that a business can be successful in America is if they are working with the world bankers, the Rothschilds, the Bilderbergers, these uh, evil conspiracy elite masterminds that are pulling the strings of corporate America. Right. And he, he said that successful businesses, um, from what I heard him say, and I, I don't want to misquote the guy, uh, that all successful businesses stem from the uh, the wellspring of the Bilderbergers and the Rothschilds and the, the um, oh, what's the other one? I, I can never get them all three in the same sentence. The Rockefellers. Oh, yeah, right. Um, you know these uh, the, these rich and powerful families. Bill Gates is a rich and powerful guy, and, and you know the fact that he started Walmart in his basement or in his uh, 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 Microsoft. Microsoft. Microsoft, excuse me, Microsoft in his garage. You know, it, no, no, doesn't it discounts that completely. Um, Sam Walton didn't provide good customer service. He didn't uh, come up with a formula that worked. He in fact begged his um, success from. You know, Harry Rockefeller, whichever one. Right, and then when I asked him about, uh, you know, the competition, Target and the other successful competitors to Walmart and that sort of thing, he suggested that they were all in it together and that they all worked with the, This guy doesn't believe in the American dream. He doesn't believe that you can be from a small town, be of, uh, you know, uh, less less than or ordinary means, come up with a great system, Mm -hmm. a great idea, a great product, and make a fortune. He doesn't believe that. He believes that you must kiss the ring of the world rulers. I, why? Why would not? Uh, 
why would you go on living in that world? <laughs> I did, that's what I've got to ask. I mean, where, where, where is the joy in life? He is so paranoid and so uninformed. First of all, he was just making stuff up, saying that Bill Gates' family was old money. Bill Gates dropped out of college and started his business in his garage. Right. I don't know anything about his family, but I doubt very seriously he's old money. Um, and so he's making stuff up and spouting off his paranoid claptrap as though he knows what he's talking about. And, you know, the the suggestion that... That you you have to again, as you say, kiss the ring in order to be successful and not satisfy your customers in order to be successful is absolutely absurd. Look, I don't care who your connections are. I don't care who you know in the halls of power. If you aren't sending your customers out your front door with a smile on their face and feeling good, they aren't coming back, and no phone call from the Bilderbergers is going to make them walk through the doors of right. your store again. Right. The customers aren't worried about the Rothschilds, the Bilderbergers, and the Rockefellers, <laughs> right. and whomever. You know, all these these families that supposedly control the world. They don't care about the Trilateral Commission. They care about getting their needs met, and if you're not needing their, meeting their needs, expectations, wants, and desires... You need to shut your doors. Right. That's or you need how, to figure out how to do it. That's how businesses are built. I mean, is he going to suggest that Woolworths went out of business because they fell out of favor with the, you know, the world elite? No, they just they couldn't adjust uh, well enough. They couldn't. They didn't change their business model to compete with uh, with the upcoming up and coming stores, and uh, business share went elsewhere. Yeah, I got to say, I have no desire to live in the world that he's in. Look, these I, whatever. It, if I'm living in a fantasy world, I'm going to continue living in that fantasy world where a man can, uh, you know, a man can come up with a good idea. He can serve his customers, and he can just go ahead and uh, make a fortune for himself. I'll just go ahead and believe that. It, it, and to suggest that you can't be successful. If you live in Arkansas, and then and then I wonder how successful you can be without kissing the ring of the Bilderbergers. Has anybody ever been successful? <laughs> I, I would consider this show is uh, on the path to success. I'm seeing we're, some we're profitable. Yeah, we're, I'm seeing some uh, profits come in. Have we kissed the ring of the Bilderbergers? <laughs> <laughs> it's such what about nonsense. Ted? What about Ted, the uh, the guy that owns the, the network we're on, Genesis Communications Network, which has a lot of shows. Besides, and is successful, uh, certainly. We're, now we're not a show that uh, you know that's a conspiracy show, but a number of the shows on our network are, and uh, you know they've been they've been successful, and Ted's been successful with his network. Has he been uh, has he been brought into the the fold yet? You know, at what point do you cross that line? At what point do the Bilderbergers approach? you in a shadowy room filled with smoke and make you an offer you can't refuse. Right. I mean, isn't it a, isn't it a coincidence that we're here in Keene, New Hampshire, and, and Ted's there in Minneapolis? I'm not sure what you mean. No, there isn't one. That's the thing. And I mean, he was, he was suggesting that there's right, some kind of right. quinky dink about it being in... Uh, well, right, because, uh, because he suggested that because a successful company came out of Arkansas... That there's something nefarious going on. Yeah, isn't on. it obvious to you? It's Arkansas, for God's sake. This guy, has, <laughs> this guy has no historical understanding of the world of retail and business and how success happens and where it comes from. It comes from all over the map. It comes from the smallest towns to the biggest cities. But I would guess that more success comes out of smaller areas than anything else. More on the way, you can take control of the airwaves, uh, being told by the board off that they apparently did sacrifice a baby last night. So there may be some things going on there. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free. 800-259-9231. 
That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there for free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. And you can wow and amaze your techie friends with the new Zero Blaster. It shoots smoke rings up to 12 feet. And they're the perfect gift for anyone who likes neat stuff. Get your blaster at ZeroToys.com. That's ZeroToys.com. I think it's the kind of gift the kids will play with for a long time. Absolutely. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Talking about one of the most, one of the strangest conspiracy calls, I think, uh, of all time on this show. And we've had a bunch of conspiracy calls. Normally, uh, it's, normally it's all the same stuff. Normally it's 9-11 this and 9-11 that. I wonder and what they talked about before 9-11. Uh, Kennedy, okay. Oklahoma City bombing, they that was it. another one. Yeah. Uh, so, but this guy, this guy believes that in order to be successful in America, you, you have to, uh, you have to bow, bow down to, uh, before the elites, before the, uh, the Bilderbergers and the Rothschilds and, uh, and, uh, and, and now I've forgotten it too, the, uh, the other guys. Bilderberger, the guys. Rothschilds, and, uh, whatever. The, the rich world controlling power mongering freaks. You have to beg for their permission. Uh, you have to, you know, probably do them some favors. Who knows what sort of suggestions, uh, he would have made as far as what, uh, was going on behind the scenes. But success isn't made by giving customers good service and, uh, you know, expanding your operations, no success is only because you've, uh, you know, you've been subservient to the rulers. And it's just a, it's, it's very disempowering, isn't it, Mark? It's entirely disempowering. I can't believe that, uh, that people believe like that. But He's probably not the only one. He's, you're never going to succeed in this world. That's essentially how it goes. You know, well, he probably doesn't have any There is success. no might of the human spirit. There is no one um, standing against, uh, you know, all odds. You must kiss the ring. Or you will have no success. We are all slaves of our overlords. Now, we are all slaves to the government in that we are paying money to the government and they own a percentage of our income, so therefore we are technically slaves. That much might be true. Well, but, yeah. But we do have a level of, uh, of freedom to associate and uh, freedom to do business. And the fact is, these businesses that he was claiming there was some grand conspiracy theory, some you know secret cabal of men helping propel them to success, absolute nonsense. It's it's just nonsense. It's paranoid crackpot conspiracy theory, and I feel awful for anybody that thinks that way. That anybody that thinks the same way as that guy calling in, I, I I can't imagine what life is like for you. I mean, you believe that around every corner is somebody trying, you know, some sort of new conspiracy, some sort of dark cloak situation that uh, you, as the average American, will never have the opportunity to be successful because the, you know, the elites are going to keep you away from it or whatever, you know, disempowering nonsense it is that you believe. And I just find it, uh, I really wanted to continue to address this because I don't want anybody else to fall into that trap. That, you know, this there may be a lot of regulation, there may be a lot of government rules and a lot of crap that you have to deal with in order to do business here, but the fact is, it is a less regulated environment than anywhere else, and if you jump through enough hoops... Well, not anywhere else, there's certainly Hong Kong. Well, Hong Kong, okay, then many other places. But if you jump through enough hoops, you will be able to do business, and then it doesn't matter how, if you're satisfying the people in government, what matters, the number one factor, is satisfying your customers. And Sam Walton, the, the man behind Walmart, understood that. 
In fact, there's an excerpt here from the uh, the Walmart story. And, and as I pointed out earlier, I don't own stock in this company. In fact, I'd rather you shop at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, personally. Uh, if you're going to buy some stuff, buy it from there. That way we get a cut. But that doesn't mean I can't appreciate a, a good businessman for, for putting a good product on the marketplace. And, uh, and I think that the story is very interesting. And it has nothing to do with uh, satisfying the elites and everything to do with satisfying customers. Let me uh, share this with you. And again, I've got my critiques of Walmart, so please don't uh, accuse me of uh, pumping them up, okay? Many trace discount retailings birthed to 1962, the first year of operation for Kmart, Target, and Walmart. But by that time, Sam Walton's tiny chain of variety stores in Arkansas and Kansas, called Walton's, were already facing competition from regional discount chains. Sam traveled the country to study this radical new retailing concept and was convinced it was the wave of the future. He and his wife, Helen, put up 95% of the money for the first Walmart store in Rogers, Arkansas. Ah, the other 5% were the Bilderbergers, wasn't it? (laughs) 5% big, fat, hairy deal. No, of course not. (laughs) Uh, He probably had an investor. Anyway, they put up the, uh, the money for the first Walmart store in Rogers, borrowing heavily on Sam's vision that the American consumer was shifting to a different type of general store. Today, his gamble is a global company with more than 1.9 million associates worldwide and more than 1.9 million. That's bigger than a lot of states. Yes, it is. Uh, And more than 7,000 stores and wholesale clubs across 14 markets. But it all started with an understanding of what consumers want from the retailer. Sam wrote in his autobiography, The secret of successful retailing is to give the Bilderbergers what they want. Oh, no, wait. He didn't write that, did he? No. He said the secret of successful retailing is to give your customers what they want. And, of course, he's right. He went on to say, and really, if you think about it from the point of view of the customer, and every good businessman should, he says you want everything. A wide assortment of good quality merchandise, the lowest possible prices, guaranteed satisfaction with what you buy, friendly, knowledgeable service, convenient hours, free parking, and a pleasant shopping experience. Now, somebody's going to stop you and say, well, Walmart's service is crap, and some of the products they sell aren't exactly good quality. Uh, But, you know, a lot of the products they do sell are good quality. In fact, I would say many of their brands and products are great quality. Obviously, there's some cheapy stuff there, but you know what you're buying when you buy that stuff. I think people do. And, you know, I've always always gone by the rule, I I saw this hanging up in some office somewhere, is that uh, good, fast, cheap. You can have any two out of the three. Well, and that's where I was going with this, is that, you know, Sam Walton definitely understood what it took to be successful in in retail, satisfying the customer. And that list of of things that you need to to do to satisfy the customer is darn accurate. And the fact is, Walmart has been successful without really hitting 100% on all of those. Mm. I mean, you know, they're they're knowledgeable. He said knowledgeable service. No, not so much. It's friendly for the most part. At Walmart, they they smile and you know they're friendly, but knowledgeable, no. Um, convenient hours, yeah, okay, they've got that one. Free parking, they've got that one. Pleasant shopping experience. Some might say that uh, the music's a little offensive in Walmart. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. I'm sure people could poke holes in the the shopping experience, and I'm sure there's the occasional gruff employee that that needs to have a stern talking to. But but again, you know, they might be 85 percent or even 70 percent uh, to to 100 percent on those things, but yet they've still managed to uh, to turn in their their business into a multi-billion dollar world uh, conglomerate. And so my point is that, you know, as long as you're hitting some of those pretty hard, you can be successful. Right. He says you love it when you visit a store that somehow exceeds your expectations, and you hate it when a store inconveniences you or gives you a hard time or pretends you're invisible. Who? I mean, nobody likes to go into a store where you can't find anybody. And in many cases, that's Walmart. 
But still, again, you know, their their products are are so cheap and uh, it's so accessible that it makes up for the the uh, the defects in other places. While other discounters such as Kmart quickly expanded across the country in the 60s, Sam was able to raise the funds to build only 15 Walmart stores. Walmart got the boost it needed in 1970 when its stock was offered for the first time on the New York Stock Exchange. The public offering created the capital infusion that grew the company to 276 stores by the end of the decade. So, this is not an overnight success. Business takes time. It takes money and it takes effort. And the fact is... Walmart wasn't as successful as Kmart in the beginning. Kmart was growing a lot faster, but now Kmart's the one that's in trouble. Mm. And uh, Sears had to bail them out. So it was the public that uh, that helped Walmart by pouring in money, not some secretive bankers. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The single CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are for free, including the bulletin board system, where there are all kinds of different conversations going on. Everything from serious issues to fun stuff, you will find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Over 300,000 posts await you bbs.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. We go to the phones to the fun. Uh, Let's start with Lee in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Lee. Lee in Montana going once. Lee in Montana going twice. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hey, Lee, what's on your mind, sir? I don't know. I was um, going to ask you many questions on um, the conspiracy dude. Okay. You you can ask a couple, at least. Well, uh, we don't have a lot of time, but go ahead. Okay. Well, five or ten years ago, I wouldn't have bought off on anything he said, but now I would. Okay. But um, just common knowledge, I'm going to ask you a simple question. You had mentioned how many hours a day you spend on research of your topics before you get on the air. And how many hours was that? Oh, I don't research Jack Squat. I don't research Jack Squat. I don't need to. That's right. You said it was a half hour. It's free talk live, and the people tell us what we want to... Yeah, the Here. purpose of the show is for people to call in about whatever they want. And there you go. Number so two. I know a little bit about everything. <laughs> and not a lot about anything. That's correct. What do, that's what do you have correct. specifically to say, sir, about this issue? I'll agree completely with that. You agree with the paranoid crackpot? Pretty much. Why? Uh, if you had done any research in your life other than a half hour, and you said this on our radio station in this town on an interview... Because the guy that does our local radio program spends seven to ten hours a day researching stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Local life slash national topics. Great. It is. It is very great. And th- that's I'm glad the he has that kind all. of time. 
Pardon? I'm glad he has that kind of time he can commit to his show prep. Well, I don't know if you weren't chasing the old lady around the house. You might have time. <laughs> but he's older than you, so he doesn't have to do that. Well, The point is, he does the hours of research, so he has documentation. He has facts. He has figures. Uh-huh. He has this. He has that. Walmart is definitely, in the last 15 years, been brought out by the New World Order. Now, Lee, do you think (laughs) you're pretty successful? God, have a laugh attack. Lee, you're a pretty successful guy, right? Mark's having a laugh attack. Well, yeah, I'm semi-successful. And, and, you uh, know, you sell your soul to the bank, or you do it the old-fashioned way, and you just work your way up. Right, and the guy who owns the radio station? I've done both. Successful guy? The guy who owns the radio station did it the old-fashioned way. He worked himself up. Right, and I, that's all we're saying, is I just don't believe for a second. I, I'm a big believer in that, but... Right, and, and the, the caller was saying otherwise. He was saying that you can't be successful without selling your soul to the Bilderbergers. Um... I guess that's all in the way you would want to describe the word success. What are you doing? Right. Hundreds of thousands a year, millions a year, or billions a year, or hundreds of millions a year. I'd like to think that you could make um, billions a year if if uh, the the situation came out right and you could put to, to put together the right uh, systems to serve people. So I'd like to think that, but I, I, maybe I'm jaded. I, I, You're I definitely jaded. jaded I, you know, I'm a pretty jaded guy, Lee. Self-employed, I think I'm kind of jaded. I'm a pretty jaded guy myself, and I tend to be very cynical. But you know, where is it that you? Now you said that Walmart uh, at some point got their uh, got their uh, what their um, their they endorsement. They got their shot in the arm from Anger. Says, well, you know, we're really trying to do this uh, Chinese program and get you know some of these Chinese products off the world. I mean, my wife had an independent fabric store. We have some experience in this, and uh, you know, it's impossible to compete. I, okay, I just want to try I to would track agree this that it's down. Difficult to compete. Since you're so you well like researched, Lee. Now, now since you're so well shows, researched you know? and you've spent all this time, or you've listened to somebody that has, what exactly was it that Walmart? I mean, where was the turning point for Walmart from successful business built from the ground up to uh, allegedly taking the you know thirty pieces of silver silver from the evil secretive Bilderbergers? Late eighties. And what was it? What happened exactly? Late eighties. It's like, how would you like to really expand? You know, you're up and coming. You got to hell of a marketing concept that nobody's really thought of. You know, you got to get What did they that. do exactly? Buy wholesale, help, sell wholesale. You know, that that was his marketing concept. He bought wholesale, bought low, sold low. And, and what they, exactly yeah, they beat changed? Up their suppliers, there's no doubt about that. Well, if you want to sell with us, uh this is the price we're willing to pay or we don't need to carry your stuff and Okay, well, hold on now, Lee. Slow down a second. That'll scare you, you know. What exactly happened? You haven't told me what happened yet. What happened? What what happened when? With Walmart, when they went, you know, when they went bad in your mind. What happened? What happened was they realized they had a little power. They had three, four hundred stores. Okay, we're going to carry, you know, ten of each of your five different products in our stores, so that's you know, 20,000 units a uh, a year that you're going to be selling through our store. Let's say you sell bicycles. Well, we understand that if a company's big, they can uh, wheel and deal and buy in bulk. And, and I know, pass the and you on. can say no at any given time. That's, that's still a prerogative, but 
you know, if they're 40%, 50% of your business, that's what happens if you get into bed with that. Okay, I understand that Walmart is, uh, they put a lot of pressure on their vendors to continue to lower, lower prices, but where well, is the connection with the evil... Well, and you pay quick, that should be, that, you know... I, I don't want to talk about how Walmart does business. I want you to tell me, since you're so knowledgeable on this, where no, it was somewhat, that Walmart... Somewhat. Where it was that Walmart, uh, you know, made the deal with the evil world conspiracy people that you believe in? The late 80s. What happened? They said, how would you like to have a whole bunch more stores, and we'll furnish financing, and you can build them all over the place. So you're just say, you're saying they were an investor. out there on that. You're saying they were an investor? Well, we'll just say we want to be... A silent partner in your organization. So you're saying that after 400 stores, obviously they were pretty successful in order to get to 400 yeah. stores. They got to 400 yeah. stores on their own, but they didn't you have enough money to expand from that. there? Pardon? You're telling me that at 400 stores, they weren't successful enough to continue expanding on their own, and they needed an influx of cash not from at, the Bilderbergers? Not at the rate that they went at, No. Well, it would seem like it would be exponential. If you make um, a lot of money from one no. store, you're going to make twice as much money from two. You're going to make uh, three times no, as much money yeah. from three. It doesn't work that way. I hate to All right, Lee. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree years. on that one, my friend. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. So, okay. I mean, even if, he's, even if what he's saying is true and they got some influx of cash from some mysterious, spooky investor in the late 80s, so? So they got some cash. And they expanded their operations. The fact is... No secretive group of men sitting in a smoky room somewhere can control the individual actions of actors in the marketplace. And when I say actors, I mean the, you know, the people that are doing the buying and the selling. The people that are running the stores, the people that are coming in there purchasing products. I don't care what the you know, people in the smoky room say. If the product sucks and the service sucks, I'm not going back. You can't force me to. Well, what I, is the point of all this? I'm, I'm glad that Lee acknowledged that one can be successful without, um, you know, selling one's soul to the Bilderbergers. Now, I don't know, I don't know what it takes to uh, make the jump from uh, making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year into millions of dollars a year into tens of millions of dollars a year. I don't know, but I doubt it doesn't make any sense to me that uh, that if you can do a, do one, that you can't do the other. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you want to see, again, if you want to live in this world of paranoia and you want to live in this world where, you know, there's a dark group of secretive men smoking cigarettes in a room around every single corner, that's fine. And you can go ahead and slam me for not spending a lot of time doing research every single day. I'm sorry. I'm busy growing my show. I'm busy, you know, contacting stations and, you know, sending emails, responding to people and doing the business things that I need to do behind the scenes here to make this show happen. More on the way. And it's working. So, hi going to knock that. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And if you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should go to amazon.freetalklive.com. If you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live, we will get a percentage of your purchase as long as you start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. And of course, uh, today is Cyber Monday. So there's probably some really good deals over there. Of course, there's always really good deals at Amazon. And uh, you know they've got 41 categories to shop in. You can buy used items, too, and we'll get a cut of that. Again, start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So I just want to address one more thing about the uh, the suggestion, the the sort of hit that Lee took, uh, you know, shot me with uh, last last, uh, segment. That, uh, well, because I do a half an hour's worth of show prep that somehow we're less worthy of a talk show. 
Well, I think that uh, one thing is uh, we get sent a lot of articles um, by listeners. So we sure. some of our uh, it, it's a you know, the, the the workload spread out. We don't have to go searching for articles because we get lots of them in our email boxes. So that's part of uh, research that's cut down. Right. I do probably more than half an hour a day. Um, I probably closer to hour hour and a half. I, that's what I do right before the show is usually, you know, less than a half an hour. But I don't find counting, a need for it because it's mostly people calling in, though. Right. And and counting, you know, me looking at articles during the day, which I do. I mean, I, I don't actually have any set period of time where I sit down and do show prep except for right before the show. So if I'm checking email in the morning, then there's, you know, a handful of articles I've been sent. I go and look at them and, you know, find the ones that are interesting and, and mark them and that sort of thing. And, and that all takes time, but I, I can't really quantify what it is. But I can tell you it ain't seven to ten hours. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's no way um, You know, for me uh, and uh, obviously it's not necessary. The show is about you and what you want to talk about. We're not here to, you know, preach, uh, you know, the the, we aren't. the conspiracy behind some situation or whatever that we have to have all kinds of intimate knowledge about. The great thing about doing this show, Mark, is, and it's been great from day one, is that we don't have to have a whole lot of intimate knowledge about much beyond freedom and liberty. And I know a lot about liberty and, and how, uh, you know, freedom works and the marketplace. And I have done a, a significant amount of research, if you want to call like reading a book research, uh, you know, on that issue, on the issue of liberty and how we can reachieve it in our lifetime. I'm very, very interested in that process. Would you disagree and that I'm not well-educated on that issue? You're well-read and well-educated. Well-read on that. And all of this other nonsense about the Bilderbergers and, you know, conspiracy theory and 9-11, none of it interests me. So I'm not going to spend any time on that. I have in the past, just out of curiosity, uh, but, you know, I've rejected it, and I understand now that uh, liberty is the answer, and talking about freedom is the solution, and helping other people understand liberty is, is, uh, is an important thing in my life. And it's not the number one goal of this show. The number one goal is to be entertaining. And, of course, your phone calls, I find, I find phone calls and, and the people listening to the show to be far more interesting than you or I, Mark. I mean, you're here to, you know, it's nice to have you here and talk to you and stuff, uh, but you're not the interesting part of the show. It's the callers that are the interesting part of the show. If it weren't for the callers, we'd just be another talk show. So, I hope I've made that clear. 1-800-259-9231. And speaking of callers, we go to the phones, the amp line. It's Matt in Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Hey. I just wanted to read this uh, from Wikipedia real quick about uh, Bill Gates. Okay, sure. Uh, William Henry Gates III was born in Seattle, Washington, to William H. Gates, Jr. and Mary Maxwell Gates. His family was wealthy. His father was a prominent lawyer. His mother served on the board of directors for the First Interstate Bank in the United Way. And her father, J.W. Maxwell, was a national bank president. So maybe maybe they are wrapped up in the Bilderbergers, huh? Well, you know, I think that Bill Gates uh, got lucky (laughs) himself. That's what but, I think, and I think, that, that, I think got, that success I, and luck are inexorably linked in this uh, in this world. You have to go out and work every day in order to get lucky. Well, yeah. And, well yeah. and also, I mean, if he started his, and I know he started his business in his garage. Now, you know, certainly you've obviously verified the claim that his family was old money. Okay, so that much. I don't know if that's old money, but they are successful. Well, they had money, okay, and he didn't, you know, his parents were wealthy, okay, so that's obviously been verified, but obviously it seems to me that mom and dad weren't really heavily involved in the startup of Bill's business in that he was starting it in his garage, 
You know, he didn't, doesn't seem like he had a whole lot of capital to get started with. So, you know, I'm jumping to a conclusion here, but I think that if I were a wealthy parent, I would do my best to insulate my children from, uh, you know, giving them a whole bunch of free stuff and spoiling them. Oh, yeah, I, I think would that's want, a bad idea. I would want them to make their own way in the world. I would not th- want them to grow up uh, being dependent on the, the money that I had. I would want them to come up with, you know, th- again, to start their own business on their own with their own money that they got from, you know, working hard as opposed to just giving them an influx of cash. And, it, you know, it doesn't sound like he got that from them. Um. No, I don't. I don't know if any of that's true. I don't know really, really very much about Bill Gates at all, except what I just read to you. Yep. Thanks for the I, research, though. I went. I yep. went and looked it up real quick on, on Wikipedia. See, that's, this is why we don't have to do research because we have <laughs> listeners like you. Right. You know, and we'll, we're willing to admit when we're wrong. I mean, apparently he's got. Um, you know, his parents had some money. I don't know if yeah. that means uh, the, the verifies any claims beyond that. Right. But, his parents weren't doing the software programming. You know, his parents um, weren't uh, the ones that were satisfying the customers. They're just. You know, they I were believe, successful in their own life. I believe he bought uh, the DOS system, the DOS system, from somebody for about fifty grand. Really? Yeah, I think originally, what, uh, yeah. And that's what made him, you know, all that money. And then he, and then he, uh, he was really smart about the um, the contract that he signed with IBM. When he signed a contract with IBM, something to the effect of he made the the. Um, he, he didn't link the, or he did link the two, the processing and the, um, I don't know whether it was Intel or IBM, but he linked the processing and the uh, uh, the software system together. So as Intel grew, he also grew. Interesting. Very good, Matt. Thanks for the uh, the information. And that's what's, you know, the phone lines are always open here. So if you hear us with misinformation, if you hear us repeating stuff we've heard that's not true, which we're guilty of. Right. And uh, try that on another radio show, by the way. Yeah. Good luck. Call in and correct us. Fine. 1-800-259-9231. Again, the show about your calls. That's the purpose here. Uh, let's go and talk to Nick in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. What's up? Hey, what's on your mind? Merry Christmas. Oh, uh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, that was kind of the point of my call. I was just uh, really quick. I was just... Uh, I think people are offended way too easily, and uh, I heard some today when people were talking about, you know, should you say Merry Christmas, should you say Happy Holidays, should you mm. say Seasons Greetings, and I just <laughs> think it's stupid. I mean, like, I went into Target today, and uh, there was, um, not Walmart, by the way, although I do love Walmart. Anyway, I walk in, and it had a sign that said Happy Holidays, and the very next sign, exact same size and everything, said Merry Christmas. Interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, so I'm thinking... Well, you know, are they covering all bases? I don't know. So, I mean, I just thought that was weird because people get offended really easy. And I used to work at a, a restaurant, and they actually told me you cannot say Merry Christmas to people. You have to say have a happy holidays. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't. The, I'm like, who cares? You know? I think the pendulum has swung on this because um, yeah. I have a, a friend of mine is, is Jewish. Um, I think he's uh-huh. part of that uh, big Jewish banker conspiracy, actually. <laughs> but his uh, mother said to me one time, I think I said Merry Christmas. She says, I'm Jewish. I know you're Jewish um, because he's Jewish. But, you know, some people just want to say, hey, I'm Jewish. I'm a little different than you. This is the thing that makes me different and exciting. Okay, great. Well, it um, also seems that Americans are looking to be offended. But now the pendulum swung yeah. to if, when, if you say uh, happy holidays, then people who believe in Jesus are, you know, they, they've been whipped up by uh, Bill O'Reilly and they're stealing Christmas. They're taking it right. away from us. Well, Who I think, must say I think it's, Merry I think, Christmas? And I think it's the, the fact that people get offended because I'm a Christian and I don't care if people are like, Happy Hanukkah. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Whatever. Right. I, I mean, mean I, I don't care. Thin-skinned. That's what they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
like I heard this other thing real quick. I heard this other thing about some Australia. I heard this on the radio today. Um, some uh, guy like in a uh, Santa suit, um, he he was saying, you know, ho, ho, ho to the kids, you know. And the people at the store said, uh, you need to say ha, 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 because it, it sounds too much like the American slang for a prostitute. Good Lord. Yeah, that is actually a story. I actually had that in front of me here uh, from the Star Tribune, startribune.com. The Santas are being instructed to say ha, ha, ha. However, the uh, recruitment firm has told the Telegraph that it was misleading to say the company had banned the greeting. It was being left to each individual Santa to decide. So at this point, uh, it's not a mandate. It's just a suggestion. But yes, you're right. People are way too oversensitive, and that's just I, how it is. I mean, what can you say about it? I think it's yeah. awful, and I think it's silly, and thanks for the call, man. Appreciate All hearing right. from you. Let's go in the remaining moments to Chewbacca in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Chewy, hello. <laughs> now, I I don't know what Chewy's been up to. I haven't gotten any Chewy press releases recently. I know that he likes to go out and stand on street corners and hold a Ron Paul Rebel Alliance sign. Is that what you've done today, Chewy? I'll take that as a yes. I have no idea what his schedule is like. I don't know what city he's going to be in next. Uh, but if you're in New Hampshire, it could be a city somewhere near you. And so you may very well see Chewbacca standing on the side of the road, um, waving signs for Ron Paul. It's been uh, it's been pretty amazing. Now, Chewy, if people go to RidleyReport.com, they can see what you're up to, right? Which I I am a happy I am a fan of Ridley Report. Yeah, me too. I think it's I, uh, really well done. I do like it. It's a great window into the world of activism here in New Hampshire. Uh, it's like a it's a YouTube channel. So go to RidleyReport.com. It'll get you right to it. I think we're supposed to be on there at some point. We've been on there. I can okay. tell you that. Yeah. So there you go, Chewy. Thanks for the call. He's gone. All right. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. We'll Maybe the, uh, the phone slipped out of those furry finger nails. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD. Books. Music. Instruments. Periodicals. Computers. Software. Electronics. Photo. Cell phone. Office products. Home and garden. Bed and bath. Furniture. Kitchen. Pet supplies. Automotive. Hardware. Apparel. Shoes. Jewelry. Grocery. Healthcare. Sports and outdoors. Toys. Games. Used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. A great deal delivery to your door and a percentage of your purchase will go to free talk live when you enter amazon through amazon.freetalklive.com